Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we are. Uh, Ticket to Gamehenge. Big question for you, math question. You ready for the big, big math question? How well, how you're gonna, well do you know your, you're gonna expose this. How well do you know your times tables? Remember the times tables? Um, seven times seven, easy one. 49. 49, and that is what is how many days until fish tour? We're less than 50 days away. So uh, really, really excited about that. Seven weeks from today, as a matter of fact. So um, only nine days away from uh, Trey's solo show. That's coming up uh, next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, some new music coming our way very, very soon. Excited about that. And then, of course, um, as always, shortly after we recorded last week, actually a day later, Mexico, four days, Maya Riviera, the place where I got married, Moon Palace. Know it like the back of my hand, not really. Um, huge resort. The place is gigantic. When we got married there, big part of it, a third of it was still being built. I mean, that was eight years ago. So um, yeah, awesome. They're heading back there. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to go because it seems like we're going to be locked down forever, but whatever. So yeah, lots to talk about there. We got more coming up. Um, what are you excited about right now? What are you looking forward to? So what really excited me, there was, uh, there was, there was, there was two things. Number one, before I forget, the announcement of Mexico birthed probably the best series of fish memes that I have seen in an extremely long time. So the level of comedy and hilarity has been yep. extremely amazing. Yep. And number two, I love, and you're correct, I loved that you referred to Trey going, uh, Trey playing live music as new music, when really, in fact, I bet you we're not going to hear, it's just, you know, I follow a lot because I'm a guitar player, I follow a lot of guitar bloggers and, and YouTubers on guitar and John Mayer put out a new single and it's like the news in the guitar world. Oh. Like people are like losing their shit because they love John Mayer. Fine, respect. Okay. Um, you know, and like his last new song was like, I don't know, like fucking decades ago. This is what's awesome about Fish is live is new music every single time. Hey, yeah, that's a great point. Mm, oh. Think about that. That's something to chew on. You're right. I mean, that's, um, and I, I think I'll come back to that point on a note I have for a little bit later. I'll dangle that carrot, plant that seed, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally it. You know, um, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like something you got me, you got me stumped up there, but no, I think you're totally right. I will say though, in terms of the, the popular eye, you're correct about John Mayer. However, he's very prolific. That dude is making stuff all the time. Like I listen to a lot of John Mayer actually, just here and there, not really actively. If I just, you know, if it's recommended, but the dude's prolific. And he's, um, I remember when he kind of busted out and he was like the pretty boy with the uh, 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 Body of the Wonderland song and, yeah. and all that stuff. And then I think he sort of grew out of that and became known as a serious guitar player. And he always was. He just yeah. didn't write those types of songs. So um, I, uh, he's the one artist that I really want to like. I like him. I like what he does. I love his personality. I love his guitar playing. I just don't like his music. It does not move me at okay. all whatsoever in the slightest. Mm. 
I have like a criteria for music, right? Like when I hear a song, I either, you know, want to jump around, mm -hmm. hug somebody, cry, or have sex. And if it meets that criteria, one of those, then I like the song. Okay. Right? But when I hear John Mayer's music, it does the exact opposite. I'm just like, I'm irritated and I'm annoyed. And I really want to like him because I follow him as a guitar player. I okay. see the way that, so one of the cool things that he did, listen to, listen to how cool John Mayer is. I follow a YouTuber, her name's Mary Spender. She's a guitar player from Britain. She is like the sweetest. She seems like somebody that we went to high school with. She's just a beautiful human being. He was posting these teases about this new song that he was going to release. And like in the background would be part of the song. She thought that it would be a great idea to put the pieces together and fill in the gaps as a songwriter. So she created this song and she put it online and John Mayer somehow heard about it and sent her the actual single to review on her show. I'm like, God damn it, John, you're so cool. Like mm. he's the cool guy. I just can't get behind the music, man. So, okay, interesting. So are, are we talking about his original music? How do you feel about him either A, playing covers or B, playing with the dead and all the other stuff that he tends to branch out and do? He is outstanding. For the okay. dead company, he is amazing. I don't think they could have picked a guitar player who could add their own style because he absolutely, when you hear three notes, you know that is John Mayer. You know, and I think that's like, I think as a musician, that's one of the standards that you want to hit as a musician. You want people to hear you and yep. your unique voice. So he sounds like John Mayer and yet he plays, he pays absolute astonishing um, um, homage to Jerry Garcia and what Jerry did. He's incredible, man. Hmm. Okay. Um, have you ever heard John Mayer trio? Uh, probably not. So if you're willing to give it a go, that might be a place to that you might like to get into. It's just, it's just John Mayer Trio, it's him, bass, drums, and it's a lot more blue, blues rock. You won't get any of the lovey-dovey stuff in that. It's a lot more sort of, not grungy and dirty, but a lot more Stevie Ray Vaughan, bluesy type of guitar type stuff. So you might, you might like that. I don't know. Cool. Um, but I hear you. He's, uh, I find him um, a bit uncomfortable to watch. Right. He's one of those guys that makes a lot of facial expressions to, to like when he's kind of creating the notes, he, he's putting his whole body into it. But the, I agree, but it doesn't seem like like Trey does it. But when Trey does it, it seems in sync with what his the notes are doing. When John Mayer does it, I'm like, are, is is the tape? Is it? <laughs> <is it off?" laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I got you for sure. For sure. Um, you know, but whatever. Right. I mean, what can you say? I don't know if you know anything about David Gray. You know David Gray at all? I do. There's a musician. Every time he plays, he's a bobblehead, right? He's just constantly his head's on a swivel. Uh, he he can't he can't help it. And you know, I kinda I kinda get that. You know, I know one thing about John Maris, he spent like a lot of teenagers dreaming to be a rock star, hours and hours and hours playing in the bedroom and getting any kind of sound they could and just and just obsessed, you know. So there you go. That's the end result. Good for him. I mean, he's still got years to go. He's not that old. He's already well, right? a little bit old. Again, like, you can't say enough. Like, he just seems like a really good person. He is respectful to his fans. He's respectful to the artists that, like, are... He's just an awesome person. I just I can't get behind the music, man. 
yeah, yeah. And he has a very um, um, enviable list of uh, ladies that he's connected with in his time too. Holy moly. Um, as, uh, yeah. Anyway, podcast isn't about that. Who knows who's listening? Sorry, Grandma. Um, they're, gone. they're gone now. Whoever was listening was like, I didn't come here for this. That's right. Spend the first 10 minutes talking about John Mary douches. What's wrong with you? All right. Well, let's talk about, let's get more gritty, gritty fish then. Destiny Unbound, a Mike Gordon pen tune for fish. Um, uh, you sent me a link from Reddit and I love that meme. That's, that's another meme I've seen in, in, in so many scenarios. It's the guy in the park sitting at the table, leaning back with a coffee yeah, yeah. and there's something in front of it that has a statement followed by change my mind and i've seen it about so many different things it's always so good and this one is um i think specifically i, I probably already lost it but destiny unbound is 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 lyrically the, the best fish song or whatever you want to call it change my mind and i thought like like whoa and then i thought how how well do i really know the lyrics to destiny unbound and um that's a bold statement considering there's what 300 350 songs to choose from and it's not even tom marshall lyrics we're talking about here and this is a this is a mic tune from end to end so um i have some thoughts but i wanted to get an idea of what we're chatting about here why'd you send that link do you agree with that do you think it's way off base like what are you what are you thinking there no i don't agree with that okay <laughs> what the hell that guy was smoking to say something like that <laughs> like, what so, i wondered if that was it it was like some guy was in the moment and it just hit him or some girl who knows to and be clear, to be clear i love the song the song is like yeah. awesome i when love I, you know when i when i put out the you know what are your top three mic songs last year destiny unbound was at the top of i think most of those lists it was on my list yeah 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 i get that for sure um i do i do have the lyrics here have you have you actually googled them and yeah. read them? it's pretty lyrically like in terms of writing this in terms of a story or poetry whatever Very good you have a ton of credit there there's some like they really jimmy in some great some great words in here rhyming tractor with impactor like at the wheel of a tractor she was quite an impactor like 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 who thinks of that i so it's funny that you sent things and i started looking at these lyrics and going okay i could never write something like this i want well, I me mean, i don't think i could and it's a full story that's in here it is it's a bit of a wacky one but it's uh it's giving me a new appreciation for the song and, and, and I already really, really enjoy it. So yeah. So I you have to, again, you know, when, when you have a, when you have a category like this, I think you need to have a, a standard by which you're ranking these things on, you know, and the reason that I don't think that they're the best is because the reason here's my, here's my criteria. The reason that I don't think that destiny unbound has the best fish lyrics is because I don't think they would meet any standard that anyone would ever set for what makes fish lyrics wonderful lyrics to begin with mm -hmm. you know i think the i i don't think i mean mike's great but i don't think you can compare like not even in the same arena tom marshall lyrics to you know to uh to mike gordon lyrics mm -hmm. or even to trey like trey gets a lot of shit from fans on his lyrics when he's the one that's lyrically responsible for a song versus when like he co-wrote it or when or when tom wrote it you know, yeah. like we know who the poet in the band is here, so let's just stick with that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess I agree with you there, but uh, but I appreciate you sending that because I I've got a new found like I didn't 
it's, it's, it's again, it's one of those songs for me at this point. I know the chorus. I know I always sing along the chorus and just kind of figure out what the words were. And uh, after kind of going through that, I think I'm going to like it a little bit more. For sure. Just I, like kind of a mule keeps growing <laughs> since you brought that up, Rochelle. Nice to go back and like listen to Destiny Unbound. I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot. You know, yeah. part, of, part of me sending it, Adam, now that I remember, was, uh, was me being like, oh shit, I totally forgot about this song. Yeah, and it's a song that's not played that frequently. Like, it's one of those ones that's like once every eight to ten shows, right? It's it, it's not it's not in like the every three, four, five that you see with some of the tunes. So, um, good one. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit more about the theory night two. I've got some thoughts about that night two. Some obviously you've listened recently to a trilogy of shows. Yeah, that... so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, Fish is still taking over America and my world, and uh, we are at the three-night run at Hampton, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now it's night two, right? And night two is, I, I believe it's the 22nd of November, and night two is the one with the, with the famous Haley's Common in the second set, mm. right? Like, night one was power, and then I'm, and then, because I don't remember the dates that much, right? Like, I kind of blank when, uh, when the dates come rolling around. And then night two starts and it starts with Mike's song and then they, it's a power Mike song and then they go into hydrogen. And I'm like, wait, this, I know this. I know, right. I know this really well. <laughs> of course you do. Right. I'm like, but it was just so funny. Like, you know, how like when you know that, you know, but yet you're treading like carefully. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, right. And then I was like, oh shit. And then it hit me. Right. I'm like, oh wait, this is an all timer. Yes. This is an all-time show. This is one of arguably one of the greatest shows that this band has ever played. And I'm like, fuck, this is night two. Yeah. I have, I, I was thinking about that and I've been thinking about this from a more um, logistical life approach. So this is what I'm thinking might be part of the reason for this. Um, and I actually did an exercise. I went back and looked at the Baker's Dozen run to see they were because built within those 13 shows were three night stints and two night stints so i looked at the three nighters to see if the middle shows within the threes were the higher rated shows and in a couple cases they were one case it was not uh but i was thinking about when 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 there's a regular tour and how it would logistically go day of the show they more than likely arrive at the venue that morning that afternoon right? It's a travel day. They're getting into soundtrack, whatever. They haven't really had any rest from like regular night sleep. Day two, they're in the same venue. They're not leaving that day either, right? They probably have almost more of a day off. They have time to relax and do other things. And I just think from a wellness point of view, they're just probably in a better frame of mind on night two because of all the hustle and bustle and things that would probably be going around that scene at that time. Right. You don't have to worry about all the, you know, the tickets for the family, the other people that are coming because you probably set that for the whole three nights. You've blown it out on night on night on eight one night two because of the day going into it would be a lot more chill and relaxed and a lot more, I would think, favorable in terms of time. You know what I mean? And then night three, they're heading out. Right. Who knows what's been going on that day? Because they probably aren't staying over. They're heading out, flying out to wherever they're going. The buses leave and the trucks leave and the band members go back if they have a break home or onto the next venue. So I think it's more that. I think it's a stability thing that provides to the organization that just leads to a more comfortable night, more loose feeling, and then boom, off you go. What I mean, do you think about that? I think that makes a heck of a lot of sense. I wish we had a way to test against that. 
well, this is what we do. We keep going until we finally get in with the band and we can just tour with them and then we just do it ourselves from the side of the stage. We just figure it out. No, bad plan. Okay. Um, I don't well, know. It's a great plan. I just don't <laughs> side of the stage when I'm with the band. I'm playing, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be out there. Oh, geez. Okay, it reminds me of that one, uh, that one Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when they, when they hire Belle Biv DeVoe to shoot a music video in the house and Will Smith's, and Will Smith's friend keeps trying to be in the video. <laughs> I have to go back and watch the Fresh Prince. Oh, cool. buddy, all-timer, man, all-timer. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Phil Plays Pool is my favorite episode of all time. Is there, is there a TV theme that people know the lyrics to more than that amongst our generation? Maybe the Friends theme? I don't know the Friends theme because I didn't watch Friends. Mm, look at I, thought, I thought Friends was a stupid show, to be honest with you. Um, you know what's funny? I've often compared Friends and Seinfeld to pop music and good music in the sense that Friends was like a pop pop show. It was very set set in its time, but it's not going to hold up over, over, over time. Shows like Seinfeld and The Office are like your Led Zeppelin of shows shows or fish or beetles whatever they're going to transcend the time that they were made they'll date itself as time goes by but the subject matter and the topics transcend that time you have i mean now, you know now you have uh you watch curb your enthusiasm yeah of course it's so good right like so you have larry, like larry david and like jerry seinfeld are like they're like in the writing like you know elite of course right because they're just awesome yeah yeah unbelievable unbelievable so night two yeah i think uh you know i don't know what we can do i mean we, we can look we could go through i'm just trying to think about a way to sort of look at it i mean in re-listen it it has every show and what's nice about it is there's ratings for every show so you can kind of go through two by two and just look at those dates and how they're grouped and just get a gauge there in terms of what other fans have thought of those yeah, but here's the problem is, yes, that would be good. I was going to say, we can't, we can't do it because we're biased. You're listening for it. Sure. Right? So you'd have to, you'd have to run a rant, an RCT, and we're not going to ask the pharmaceutical companies how to do that because they don't know how to do that. <laughs> but we would have to run an RCT and get listeners to actually rank the shows and not know, you know what we're actually measuring against. And we can't know either. Because we can influence it as the ones presenting them the show to listen to. Yeah. All, all, all to present to grandma and grandpa. <laughs> so no, definitely no. <laughs> and that's the other thing. You have to select the audience because you would have to be a big enough fish fan to be able to distinguish and to know what makes up a... a, a... Yeah. When you first start listening, it's all good. Sure. Right. But then as, as you get more nuanced, then you understand what like really makes up, like what would be considered an all time show versus what would be just considered a regular show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see this tour. We've got quite a few three night, three night runs coming up. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds just with us yeah. walking by the sidelines and seeing you like, like, Hey, and you know, if there's opportunity for us to get together for a couch tour, maybe those are the shows we pick because <laughs> we, we know night two is where it's at. Um, so what's interesting in a bit of a little segue, I'm in the middle of uh, a three night run, August, 2011 in Chicago. And uh, I'm in the middle of show two. And I have to say so far, I got to believe that show one 
is going to be the best of those three nights, just from what I've heard so far. Um, and I made the note on here, and it's it's we kind of touched on it, I think, off air about the little things. You know how little things can become big things. And one of the, one of the things that I love about fish that I think all fans do is just these little nuggets that they give you here and there that just make you really appreciate what they're doing. So uh, without spoiling it, if you want to go and listen to it, check it out. You've obviously heard it because you've heard every note of 3.0, but um, at the end of the show, they're coming out for the encore. And before starting, Trey says, you know, normally when we, when we uh, come out for the encore, there's somebody at the side of the stage because all these places have curfews. They tell us, you know, what the curfew is and everybody's kind of, ah, and he goes, but um, nobody, nobody told me that. So I'm just, we're just going to keep playing. And then they play like a 40 minute encore with five songs. And it's like with each, with each passing song, it's like, is there going to be another one? Holy shit. There's going to be another one, you know? And then um, uh, when he went into the, uh, the horse, you're like, Oh my God, like seven in the morning and a 15 minute hood to end it. But the thing that was, you know, you're already in a good mood because they're like, okay, you get the, the sense that they're going to play a longer encore. They open the encore with camel walk and that verse where they do strut your stuff strut your stuff and somebody else says stuff they just got really really funny with it like they just said stuff in a very funny way and it just made me appreciate like if i were there and i was like oh my god this could be a great little encore and they're just loose and being fun made me really really appreciate it and uh get hyped up for the next two nights in chicago so we'll see but um really really neat to hear that it was fun oh i love it Dude, but that is it, right? It's not it part of the part of the performance is those little things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it unique to you. Like it's not something that's canned. They're not doing that the next night or the prior night. And they don't, you know, it's won't happen again. That's the whole idea. I was there. It's authenticity too, right? As a as, as an artist. Like it's it's yeah. you know, again, I I think we've covered this like numerous times. It's the same reason why people shit on Trey for writing light and, and, and light and life lyrics. Like that's where he's in his life, man. Like he's just being authentic to himself. Yeah. It's interesting. You just brought up authenticity. I just listened to a podcast. Um, it's an organizational psychologist, a guy named Adam Grant. And he has this, and he has a podcast called work life. And uh, uh, he's actually really, really well known. And um, um, he was talking about authenticity, how it's a big buzz in a lot of corporations that they want you to be your authentic self. And he was talking about, well, what if being your authentic self isn't a good thing? Like, what if you have that type of personality where if and when you're authentic, it alienates you in the business and all this other stuff. And he came to the conclusion that you can only be authentic if you've already backed it up with some credibility and you've sort of earned your place. You can't do that right? Like it's, it's, and I think fish might be a good example of being able to buck that, that they, even in their early shows before they had a huge audience and really, you know, earn the credibility that they have now, they were, they were being truly authentic and being goofy and, and slow and, and slowly building. Whereas I think a lot of other bands, they'll do that later on once they have that bigger crowd. When in the early days, it's straightforward, stay, stay in the lane. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think you know, I, 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 I don't think I never get the impression that fish started because they wanted to become famous. Mm. I get the impression that they started because they just wanted to make music that they would enjoy. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why we like them so much. They've always just been at least musically and 
performance-wise, they've always just been them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right? Like, I, you know, I, I, and I mean, I think the other bands that, that have stuck around and, and are the same. Right. You yeah. know, versus, versus people like get a certain way or somebody tells them they have to be a certain way. And, and fine, that might lead to success. But I don't know, man. I, you know, you get to the point where people are like, oh, you're selling out. Like, has that ever... You know, like there's a couple of business moves. Like, I, I can't get over the serious thing. I'm gonna beat that drum till the till the day I die. I think, mm-hmm. but like for the most part, I don't know, man. I think every every decision that they've made, at least that I've seen, has come from the same place. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, you sort of made me think about. Um, I don't know why, but Foo Fighters just popped into my head. Well, they they just sort of plowed along with Ingenuine and done their thing, and they just announced they're gonna be playing a sold out show at Madison Square Garden like next month. So MSG is back on. And that, of course, fuels the rumors for New Year's Eve. I mean, that's already started, uh, uh, which could be interesting if we do that. You think that'll happen, New Year's Eve? At this point, why wouldn't it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Assuming it's there, maybe not somewhere else, but. I mean, if there's music happening, like, why would MSG book anybody else other than the only band that has a banner in MSG? Like, you know, like, well, there's got to be some loyalty to MSG at this, from MSG. Yeah. At this point, you know. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would guess so. Especially with Beacon Theater, that's all in that group too, and clearly there's a relationship there. So, hundred yeah. yeah, mm, percent. Awesome. All right, I got I got one last topic, but I think I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to get a little bit more uh, evidence on that one before we dive deep. Let's Ooh. just say I'm not super prepared on it. It was a if we have time kind of a topic, and uh, yeah, you know, it can wait. Okay, cool. All right, dude. Okay. Looking forward to seeing some fish this weekend. Old fish. That's going to be a good time. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I hope nobody's watching this. Take care, everybody. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Um, tell tell a bunch of people. Tell us what you think. If you have a way to get a hold of us, please email us. Go to the website, ticketthegamefish.com, uh, and all that great stuff. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. See ya. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHinge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.